so much, Amina, for being a guest on The Appeal Unfiltered. I'm Naima Abdullahi. I'm Brie Renee. And we are lucky to have you as a guest. Amina, you are a powerhouse. You are influential. You are amazing. And we wanted you on our platform to give you your flowers, sis. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you. You guys are amazing. No, thank you. I think it's, um, like she said, it's a, a big story to be told about women in hip hop and how they have not always been the rappers or in the foreground, but a lot of the moving and shaking pieces behind the scene that really make the artists who they are and carry their success. So to sit down with you, I think is huge. And we would love to talk about your perspective on women in hip hop. So like, I just want to jump right in and I'm gonna ask you, where do you think hip hop would be without women? Period, women are the backbone of it. So I don't think that it would be any different, you know, in hip hop, it's, it has to be the same thing. You know, um, a lot of men, uh, rappers, females, anyone, basically, the black woman is the head of household, generally, in all of our households, you know, when you're coming from that, um, when you're in our culture. So it's the same thing with the backbone of hip hop as well. Like it's, I feel like it's the same thing as in the home. You know who you are, you know your self-worth, you know your value. And you know, as you navigated in a male dominant industry, what characteristics did you had to hone in on to sustain yourself for the longevity? Um, I think you definitely have to be strong. You definitely have to have thick skin. Um, you have to be relentless in your approach. And then you have to have a softer side as well. I mean, it's difficult, but it's much like you would act if you were raising children. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. It's like being a mother is complex. Being a woman in the industry is also complex. Mm -hmm. How did you find your love for music? Um, you know, music is a soundtrack to our lives. You know, my father's Senegalese, West African. So we, I grew up always with, a, you know, loving a drum line, you know, like a bass line, like for drums, like, you know, Congo drums and any little handheld drum, anything like that. And then my mother is West Indian. She's from Jamaica. So that is embedded in us from the beginning. You see little kids winding up themselves at, you know, family functions and stuff like that. So I've just always grown up around music and different types of music at that. Is there anything that you feel like you've encountered or an obstacle you encountered while being in the industry that you were like, I know this is only because I'm a woman or if, if I was a guy, I wouldn't have to deal with this. Um, majority of the time, I think it's more like snake and I snake is uh, Gucci's road manager, maybe snake or whoever. I mean, cause I work with a lot of men that I, you know, that I'll have them go out on the road a lot of times and I just facilitate everything, you know. Um, and sometimes we'll be in a room and the client would, not my client, but you know, the client that's paying us will assume or like speak to Snake directly, like eye contact, like, no, hey, hold on babe, I'm his manager. You know what I'm saying? Like those kind of things, but aside that, not, not really, but that's always a thing. You know what I mean? Where they would assume that the man and snake is a bigger man, you know, like not large, you know, like tall. And I'm this little tiny creature. And they're like, wait, um, yeah, Terrence, this and then a third. And Terrence is like, oh no, you're gonna have to talk to her about that. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, that type of vibe. Like, yeah. <laughs> so with that, um, you feel like being a woman in the industry, you've ever had to tell artists like, look, I'm not your mama. 
I'm not going to clean up all your messes or I'm not going to be here to like baby you because I'm a woman. No, because I'm, that's exactly what I'm here for. It's to okay. baby them and clean up all their messes and everything else. It's <laughs> like, basically that's what I am here for. It's like what I do, I try to like pre-plan things though. So I don't have very many messes to clean up at this stage of my career. But like back in the day when I was learning and growing with the artist, I'm still growing now and ever evolving. But I'm saying like, now I know the majority of the people I work with so well that I can pre-plan for any era. You know what I'm saying? There's always unforeseen things that come up, but I'm pretty much have a backup for my backup for my backup plan, you know? So, um, but no, I, I, there is a level of emotion that goes into being a man, a good manager. I mean, you have to, you know, because it's like you're growing their business with them. And a lot of times they are their business. You know what I'm saying? So it's very mm -hmm. difficult not to get emotionally tied at some given points. But, you know, you always have to maintain the stance that this is business. You are the gatekeeper to that person. You know what I mean? So... Um, you often have to deal with family members and significant others, as well as whoever, doctors, lawyers, business people. So you're wearing so many hats. Like I said, that's why it makes you feel like, like running a household, because there's so many different things that you have to be a part of. And there's a lot of uncomfortable conversations that you may have to have with people that you need to still be on your side. People might look at this stage of your career and say, I want that, but they don't know the sacrifices you made. Like, right. you know, the phone calls at midnight, you know, going to court to help one of your artists, figuring out legal things yeah. here and there, fighting contracts and negotiations. Like, they don't know the sacrifice. You came up with every artist from the ground up, and that wasn't easy. You know, right. what was it that kept you motivated in that process? Because their career was your life too, right? Right. Um, it's like, I really believe in all of the people that I work with. So I like saw the vision, even when there were people definitely along the way that saw the vision as well. Like I just didn't give up like on any of them. You know, the foundation with my artist is so strong. Like even if I have tried to not work with an artist, it's like we're tied together. So it comes back around and you know. I get back on the train. Meet artists at a very young age. They aren't all the way polished. They have the raw talent, but they don't have all of the other moving pieces that they need to become that superstar. What do you? What is it that you see, or how do you know if if it's willing, if you're worth, if they're worth the investment? I don't know. Maybe I have some sort of special eyes, but it's almost like they have like an aura coming from them, like a light around them. Like they may not be a superstar. Like let's say. I've met people who started like wanting to be a rapper or something else and then developed into something totally different, but they still became successful in that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a star, like they have a star quality, like you can see it. It's like, you know, it just comes off of their body. Like it's just that. Mm -hmm. That can't be bought. No, you can't. I can't even tell you exactly what it is, but it's like people that do what I do, like you can see it. You know what I'm saying? Like when they walk into the room, like, and it doesn't matter what stage of their career they're in. Like it, you actually can see it. Like I remember I didn't, I wasn't working with Uzi at the time, but I remember the first time I saw him and him walking into the studio and I was like, oh, this kid's a star. And he didn't have, he didn't have all the bells and whistles. Like it wasn't that, it wasn't like he had a bunch of jury. It's not, it's just like, 
It's just like a star, you know what a star does, like the energy that comes from a star that makes them a, the, I mean, a real actual star. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the same exact thing. And one of the biggest stars in Atlanta is Gucci. Were there people along the way that wondered why you stood by his side through all the trials? Yeah, I'm sure you know, there were tons of people that, that felt like that. He gives you your flowers that, you know, you're one of the most loyal people in his life to this day. I'm sure that wasn't an easy process, you know, all the tribulations he'd been through and his road of redemption and being who he is now. I'm sure that makes him feel like you're family, you know? Oh yeah, no, he definitely, he'll say, call my sister. Like, he'll never say, like, you know, anything else besides that. Or he might, like, before, when we first, when I first started working with him, it would be more like, oh, you know, call my assistant, and this is standard third, and it kind of, like, transcended into something. Like, there was a point in time where it was just him and I, you know what I'm saying? So we just became, like, super close, but we were growing together, you know? Like, he's really, like, we always had a platonic relationship, like, he's definitely like my big brother. Like, so the same arguments you would have with your big brother are the same arguments like we had. Just same way you wouldn't abandon your brother, I would never abandon him. It's like when your big brother get married, you know what I'm saying? Like, so now you don't gotta deal with all the little he used to call you for, call your wife, your wife is right there, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's great. We well, talk about the importance that you have seen um, in a man having a good woman in his life or just how that can elevate him in his career, in his success. Like, like you said, you had that help. You were excited. Like, woo. So like, tell us like what that looks like and what like these young artists maybe could do to, to reach that level of maturity, you know? Um, I don't think there's anything that they can do except continue to age. You know what I mean? Like when you're a certain age for men, it's like, I don't think that they're capable of doing that at a certain point in time. You know what I mean? Like as you age and have experiences, you know, as I watch them go through different things, they change, you know, they change. Cause it's like how many new hot Instagram girls and this, this and that, like after a while, like that gets whack. You know what I'm saying? Cause the first time you get like the flu or get like real sick and you're like, oh, these hot Instagram girls don't cook, honey. They don't clean. They don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just look hot and take pictures, you know? So as their as they mature and as their needs change you know what i mean as they travel the world and see beautiful women all over the world and like the different like they may be beautiful but you know now you're you've met an african woman and yes not only does she look gorgeous but there's she, there's a regime that she's you know what i'm saying like there's different things she has different values and things like that and I'm not just saying African women, I'm being biased, Jamaican women, whatever. Like as I've seen them as they travel the world, they change, when they come back home, they change their outlook a lot of times, you know? Mm. As they, again, this is as they age. Cause the first time they are on tour overseas, they are wow, you know what I'm saying? But like, as they actually experience different cultures and different things, and even just, even if they are a stateside artist and don't travel, just as they grow and experience different things, as their financial situation changes, their behavior often changes, you know? So I, I, again, it's just about growth, like anything else. You know, I see so many like amazing um, African brothers and sisters in the music industry. For you to have so many different multi-identities of like beautiful cultures, um, mm -hmm. how has all of that helped you in knowing who you are as a beautiful black woman? People, the American people that I meet like that, um, like, both of their parents are American. Like they could never 
fathom what it's like growing up in a household with two parents or even one parent that is from somewhere else, right? So like, remember I said I have hard skin. I have hard skin because I grew up with Caribbean, a Caribbean mother and they're like, they have like tongues like a knife. My father says, the, like my father's African and he says the craziest things ever. And I'm like, what, who says that? They say things, how it translates from like Walla for French, it's like direct. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so now like American people, we have like a, you know, you can smooth things out, like, but if you translate it, it's gonna sound rough. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of, <laughs> so a lot of time they tell you things and you're like, wait, excuse me, what? Like, so I often soften blows, like when he would interact with people, I'd be like, daddy, like, that's not a normal thing. So to, just to get back to your question, it's so different, like, and that's what I brought with me. Like, people can talk to me and they were like, oh, no offense. And I'm like, sir, none taken. Like, my father, one time, literally, when I was living in New York and he had came to visit. So he's sitting in my driveway, like, repainting an African art piece mm -hmm. in his room on the concrete. I'm in New York. I'm in Queens, right? And, like, in the driveway. And with, like, he had no shoes on. I was like, wait, what? So like, I can't be embarrassed, like none, none, all of that's out the window. So my friend, I have a neighbor across the way, he was like, yo, are you at home? And I was like, yeah, I'm at home. Cause remember, this is New York, so anybody got cars in that. So they're like, yo, you got like a little black man like in your know, driveway, like painting something, like what y'all got going on over there? And I'm like, you know what? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that to say like, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole different experience, like growing up with, with ethnic parents, especially because American, not saying that American people don't have culture, because they do, like especially Southern people, they have like a Southern culture, but it's just way different. I tell people all the time, my mom was my first bully. Right. By the time I went to school, like it was like, that's all y'all got? Cause my mama say a lot more back home. A hundred percent. Like my mom would be like, now she say, oh, what is that color? Oh, you have on a brown shirt. Oh no, brown is not your color. You shouldn't wear brown. It just melts into your skin. I'm like, wait, ma'am, I like, I spent a lot of money on the shirt. Mm -mm, you need to return it. It don't look good. I'd be like, wait, what? I'm telling you, this is the way she is, like, all the time. Like, I don't think, and I'm like, look how old you are. Like, you have never learned, like, some sort of, <laughs> that has not, you haven't acquired it yet? No, she hasn't. And I think that's beautiful for representation. You know, your career represents so much to different people. What is one lesson in the industry you wish you learned younger that you learned the hard way? Because we all learn lessons the hard way, you know? Um, I wish it, like now I, I know how to um, delegate responsibilities mm. and like outsource things instead of, I wish I would have had that, I, I would have, acquired that skill when I was younger. Cause I would like, would run myself to death. You know what I'm saying? Like doing this, doing that. Like I wish I, I, now I'm a master at delegating responsibility, you know, because you meet people that, you know, I was like the travel agent, I would find a car service, I would book the hotel rooms. I would like, you know what I'm saying? Like I would just do a bunch of like, I would run errands. I would still review contracts. I would still, you know, uh, I would write, I would write the contracts. So, um, yeah, I wish I learned delegating sooner. But you know, like even that is still something I brought from my culture because I've just been taught to do everything myself. If you do it yourself, you don't have to worry about if it gets done or not. You know what I'm saying? So, or if it gets done right. Yeah. yeah.
that's something that struck with me because that's something I'm learning too as, as we grow in our careers. It's like, yeah, you can do everything on your own in the beginning, but now you need help. Like, you can't answer every email. You can't and be on set and do this. You can't do it all. You do need to delegate. That's And I think for me, that's been about rel relinquishing ego. Yeah. Ego. Because yeah. ego... You have to set your ego aside. Yeah. Ego tells us that like, oh, I can handle it all. No, you can't. So talk about like how you've had to like help people relinquish that ego in this industry because ego can interfere between the check sometimes, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have much of an ego. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care. I don't, I'm not hung up on titles. I'm not hung up on any of those things. It's like about getting the job done at the end of the day. And once you start seeing the fruits of your labor, you're like, I don't give a shit. You can call me the maid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cut the check. You know, I don't, I don't care. You know, um, I'm big on respect, but it's not like an ego thing. It's just a deserved thing. You know what I mean? Like, you see my crown. It's, it's on me. It's in my pigment of my skin. So, you know what I'm saying? Act accordingly. Outside of that, you know, it's not a thing. But then with women, I I. I like that, you know, we're having women conversations because with women, you still have to understand that the persona that you give off will reflect that though. You know, you can't be act, you can't expect to be treated like a queen and don't act as such. You know what I mean? So I'm not one of those people, you know, like a lot of women are just like, oh, well, you know, it's like, um, a shameless culture kind of like oh you can do this and you can do that and people still need to respect you mm, i'm not saying that they they shouldn't respect you because i feel like everyone deserves respect respect but you need to act accordingly still you know what i mean like i'm not raising my daughter to just be like oh well you know you can go out and wear this and this and that and men need to just respect you mm, wear and look however you want to but because of the world we live in that comes with certain stigmas and ideals you know, so I just urge women to, you know, act and carry yourself and present yourself the way you'd like to be treated. And with setting those boundaries as a woman in business, did you decide early on in your career that you weren't going to date in the industry? How did you kind of compartmentalize your personal life and your professional life? Yeah, 100%. I said, I'm not dating. I don't care what it is that you do in the industry. I, I wouldn't date anyone in the industry only because... You want to come home to your significant other or whoever you're dating and be like, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you, you know what I'm saying? This, you know, and you can't do that if you guys are in the same industry. Not saying that you can't trust the person because, I mean, there is, but I just would like to, my significant other to be on my side. Like, not have an opinion. Like, you don't know anything about this. You know what I'm saying? I could tell you the person has three heads and because you're not into that, like, you'd be like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know that's a selfish reason, but that's honestly the reason. Like, I want to, when I'm at home, I want it to be, like, my sanctuary. So I don't want it to be, to affect, like, what's going on in business, right? So that's the reason why. So I was going to ask, too, with you having children, has there ever been, like, a point where you had to sit down and teach your kids the difference between, like, the things that artists sometimes say in their music um, that, you know, our culture might find offensive or you might, as a mother, you might not want your kids to repeat or even to do, but you have to let them know like, hey, this is an artist and this is what they're performing. Like, how does that look like when it comes, when you work with those people and coming home to your kids and mothering? Has there ever been like an imbalance in that area? 
Well, I, um, my daughter is older, she's 10, and I was still in like a super duper workaholic stage, even though I am now still, but like, I was like really insane. Like I didn't, and I still have problems like with boundaries, but at that time I had no boundaries, right? So um, I'm talking about like work boundaries. So I would be pregnant, I was at pregnant, I was pregnant, I remember, what club were we at? mansion maybe and i was like working the door my stomach was like out i was like eight months pregnant people were like ma'am why don't you go sit down and they're like why do you have to and that's when i i mean i didn't have boundaries so i was just hands-on and this and that and that. third so basically gia was raised in the industry you know what i'm saying i would have her in a little backpack thing like you know on my chest so she's been around it seen it all and it still keeps her she's still balanced same way with my son he's been around it like he knows he can tell you about lamborghinis he's five and he wanted to get his ear pierced and all this stuff. So they're around it, but you know, I'm, I still parent them. So it doesn't, it's not negatively affecting them. For any young woman who wants to achieve your success in the industry, what advice do you have for her? If she may be a radio intern right now, getting her feet wet, um, what advice do you provide for the next generation of female execs? Um, support your sisters, right? Um, and persevere, like keep going, don't stop, network, never burn a bridge, because you always have to cross them back 100% of the time. Um, and don't feel like you have to be the only woman in the room mm. or the loudest person in the room, you know? Like bring up, like you wanna grow with people, you know, so bring people along. I love that. Do you feel like the industry is missing anything right now? that you feel like, man, if we just had this, it could be more women in power. It could be a different sound. Anything that you feel like the, the music industry is missing right now? Um, I think that uh, black executives and like um, management professionals, like I think we should have like a coalition, you know, and like have a board, you know, and everyone has to be part of it. That kind of thing, like a union that we start for us, by us though. Yeah, I, I like that. The um, Atlanta influenced is everything mantra that we all live, breathe and believe in. What are your thoughts on just how powerful Atlanta is on a global scale where what we do here in our little city, like the entire globe imitates and embraces? I love it, I love it. Um, I think what we have going on here when Peace finished with his QC, compounds you know the business compound it'll bring back those like you know so so death and all those other days like i love everything lvrn is doing um i love everything since the 80s is doing whatever i'm doing here um imagine i think that's how you pronounce it imagine what ebony has over there with future and gonna like everything's going on with ysl and everything else like there's so many dope movements um street execs uh, you know everything whatever ti has going on that's now that he's the chancellor of the world um i think that is dope and i hope that we continue in that in that fashion i just want to continue the growth of doing things you know together like i, I don't i don't like i don't want it to i want them to like all of those people i just mentioned like that's what i'm saying like we should have like a conglomerate you know mm -hmm. i feel like it should be you know you get two people from everybody's company and there's like a board so that everything continues to work fluently I like that idea, actually. What hasn't Amina done yet? 
that is on her list? Hmm. Um, I want to do some like movie stuff. So I'm, I'm talking to Coach and Pete. I go, I'll go check out QC films. I don't have to start it myself. I go over there and go mess with my brothers and see what, what that is like and what that money is about. Um, and then I don't know. I've, I've always wanted to own a hotel, like a luxury hotel, but I'll probably do that out of the country somewhere. Maybe go to Jamaica and build some resorts and stuff like that, or, you know, something. Senegal, go see what Akon is doing with his Akon city out there. You know, just go back home, and I want to I go back home and do things in the countries that my parents are from. Amina, every time I see you at an event, um, you have this glow of grace about you where you treat people with the same amount of love, even if it's a janitor or a CEO. Like you can tell like by how you were raised and who you are as a person that you always showed the same amount of love and the same amount of like um, just embracing of people, no matter their titles. Um, so I really appreciate that about you and I wanted to definitely let you know. And I appreciate like you said, just reaching back and still helping other women and opening that, leaving that door open for other women to come in. And that can be intimidating as a young girl coming into such a male dominated industry. When you do run into women, you're like, oh my God, is she, is she going to help? Because they sometimes feel like you have to be the only woman in the room. So thank you for setting the example, leaving that door open and practicing what you preach. Thanks, guys.